your mama. Hey, doggy dog. What's up, Al? How we doing? How we doing? I am. I'm. I'm. I'm very, very excited. I'm. I'm not even gonna let you answer, Nate. Yeah, yeah you didn't. Let I'm me doing say very how good. I was doing. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad you're excited, man. We're we're gonna dive into something really cool here. I'm doing good. It was a good day. I got my car fixed. I bought a bed today. A uh, king size no mattress way. showed up to my house today. You got a I king. Mean, yeah. Went right for it. I would I dream of king size beds. Queen is great. Claire and I are forced to cuddle sometimes. You'll 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 realize after like a night and a half of your honeymoon that you just you can't cuddle and sleep. Yeah, interesting. Um I was I think you guys will need it soon like sooner than we'll practically need it because your kids will start sleeping with you. And you're, I, you're gonna have all these kids crawling around in your bed. I hear that more and more, but Paul... cut that off right away. <laughs> Don't want that. <laughs> yeah, all they do is pull your hair and kick you at <laughs> night. Yes, really. Yes, uh, the goblins. This mysterious voice you're hearing now. <laughs> <laughs> this mysterious voice is a uh, is a hot guy guest, Spencer Jacob, my my second cousin here. Spencer, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is the uh, first time we've ever had someone live sharing a microphone with either Nate yeah, or I. So hopefully this sounds good. Yeah, yeah. We're very excited. Spencer's yeah. over at my house. Yeah, Spencer, you have kids and you hate them, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? <laughs> no, no. They're great. I've actually been really lucky because both of our girls, one's two and one's two months just about, uh, they've both been really good sleepers. Like uh, Flannery, who's <laughs> the newest one, she's named after Flannery O'Connor because I feel like I have to explain that weird name every time I bring her up. Uh, thank you. She gets up like once in the middle of the night. So that's yeah. that sounds thank, great. As a two month old, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, Holy we're shit. crazy lucky. Mm-hmm. We're blessed. I, I do know how much important it must be because every time I, I talk to a, a couple with kids that and that and they do have good sleepers, they'll they'll bring it up. They'll be like, oh yeah, they sleep great, and yeah, then you can great. tell like they're they're shining. They they've got smiles on their face, and <laughs> mm-hmm. and if it's not the case, then they look uh, they, yeah, they're crusty, they're drooling everywhere. Yeah. I feel bad for folks who with with kids who who won't sleep, but yeah. you just give them a little whiskey, right? At the, uh, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Little whiskey bottle. Yeah, a little bit's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Spencer, tell us about yourself a little bit. You live not too far from me. That's why you've joined us here in Lincoln. Yep. Uh, I also live in Lincoln, and I teach at Waverly High School as an English teacher. And Waverly is just right outside of uh, Lincoln. It's just kind of a small town. Um, married, got two kids. Uh, what else do you guys want to know? Um, you teach English and also creative writing, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. So the classes I teach are American literature, creative writing, and world literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're also the speech and debate coach, correct? There's no debate, but I am the head speech coach. Oh, nice. Yeah, the, the head speecher. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Speech to fire. Yeah, you're going to be more good at talking than we is. Uh-huh. <laughs> the best speaker in Waverly, for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, probably the most literate person we've had on the podcast. So Absolutely. It's really? So true, so true. So Spencer and I, funny enough, so we're, we're second cousins, so our grandmothers, my dad's mom and his dad's mom correct yeah okay, yep. i'm making sure i got that our sisters we had never met 
until I moved to Lincoln and our wives both work at Pius. And so my wife, Claire, wanted to make sure that everyone listening, all all 17 of you knew that she introduced us, um, that she had us. So she had uh, Spencer and his wife, Katerina, over for a board game night a few few years ago and that was the first time family members met through our wives kind of crazy story that's awesome yeah and it's pretty wild i'd say spencer has quickly become one of the best friends in my life one of the best Mm -hmm. friends in lincoln for sure that's cool so so you guys are second cousins um if you found out that you you know you're in the engagement process and you're about to get married and you found out that your your fiance is your second cousin a month before the wedding would you go through with it still second cousin no i I think second cousin would be the cutoff where I'd be like, F that. I think third cousin, it's like, because when is it legal, actually? I think second cousin is legal. It's just weird because, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, ah, uh, nothing it, genetic know? will probably happen, but it's just weird and everybody knows. <laughs> why? That's not going to stay secret. Why do you ask, Nate? Oh, no reason. Oh. I'm just, no reason. I'm getting married. In you're, you're almost exactly a month away from your wedding. What did you, you know, find out? Emily was here. This Nothing. Week. Just I was just asking a hypothetical question. Okay. I wondered what you guys' answer was. <laughs> and I'm getting thing. married in a month. And I'm going through with it. I'll tell you that right now. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> king size bed. Uh-huh. That's, That's right. Got a king size bed. Big well, enough for all the extra limbs my our kids will have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good runners. Nice. <laughs> good runners good one spencer oh wow welcome to the podcast spencer yeah, man, yeah so i will say i've been it's i've been not only super excited about this particular topic but also super excited to have spencer on spencer is uh one of the uh he thinks very differently than myself but also has a, a really uh, great sense of humor as we've already experienced here uh but Spencer also single-handedly rejuvenated my novel writing process. I was in a deep, dark place. I had been working on it for like three and a half solid years. Um, And March, right after I had Paul, COVID hits. And I'm like, perfect opportunity to spend a buttload of time really hammering down this novel, finalizing the storyline, working on my characters, start getting words down on pages. And I, I hit a wall. And I called Spencer one day and he asked me, okay, just, just pitch me your plot. Don't, don't worry about it too much. And I, and I literally was like almost in tears because I was so frustrated with how little plot development I had at the time. Spencer was gentle. You walked me through. You sent me probably three quick emails. Yeah. And now You're a little older than some of my students, but it was basically the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, He's used to this. And, now, after a, a year and a half after that, I'm, I've almost actually got an entire full rough draft together. That's, yeah. I think, actually halfway decent. Yeah, I'm very proud of you. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Wow, sounds so, like you know who you're dedicating your novel to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he'll get a cut of the profits of yeah. the, the millions we make. And that's he can right. quit his job. Yeah. Yeah. I know that you'll go into a teacher salary. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> public school teacher salary, though. So, you know, yeah, a it's lot a little more. better. Yeah. yeah. But my wife's a Catholic school mm-hmm. teacher. So it takes two to make a thing go right. Wow, what are we doing today? Yeah, yeah, I'm stoked. I know <laughs> we've been jibber jabbering for a while. This is gonna be great. I I have almost been just been dying the entire time we've been potting for the last two years, Nate, to talk about this, and I think it's finally time. La La Land, my absolute number one favorite movie. Not my favorite movie to rewatch. That's Ocean's Eleven, but my favorite movie, mm-hmm. the most important movie in my life. I will claim that. 
As yeah. you let look, the record show that there is a poster in this room of La La Land. It's mm-hmm. the only movie poster in sight. Yes, only really. Well, there's there's the only other thing on the wall uh, is a uh, an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Equal. So I think I gave you that poster. You did give me that poster, Nate. Nice. It's beautiful, beautiful poster. Probably the best poster too I've seen of La La Land online. So I, I, I thank you so much for that. But I'm psyched, I'm, man. It, this is also one of my favorite movies, a top five favorite uh, for me. We saw it at the same time. Um, I think late 2016, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, um, December of 2016. I will never forget that period of time. So, um, so tell me about awesome. what what was it like um, for each of you the first time you saw La La Land? What was it like coming out of the theater? Incredible. So I see the trailer. Uh, it's like Christmas time. Uh, this was a time for me, my first uh, like four months of working in public accounting. Um, and it was going badly, Al and Spencer, um, studying a lot and, and uh, for the CPAs and just failing test after test and, and working my my butt off a ton of hours. And um and then also being single and, and very unsuccessful in the dating world. So I needed to, needed a spark. Um, and I see this trailer and I go out to, um, with my brother and all his friends to watch a KU basketball game at a bar. And I'm there for a bit and I think, you know, I'm not really having a good time. I'm going to go see La La Land by myself. So <laughs> I, I, I get up and I leave, say, say uh, see you to those guys and um, go to the movie theater by myself. And there's like two other people in the movie theater. And um, I will never forget. I didn't really, I think I knew it was a musical, but I didn't, I thought maybe there was like a few songs in it. Right. And so when they do that first, another day of sun mm-hmm. uh, intro and it's so exuberant and joyful and uh, over the top, and it's just, it was all just like incredible. I wasn't expecting it at all. I, I stood up and I looked around the theater. I was, I was like, anyone else seeing this? I was just in awe. And it was, I just hit the ground running from there, man. Uh, cried twice, um, maybe three times. Uh, saw it a few more times that Christmas break. Uh, Talked talk to you about it a bunch just r- right away. So a big time in my life. I needed, I needed this uh, movie and I needed a soundtrack because I hit the busy season that, right, right after that. I just listened to the soundtrack for uh for for months after this damn that's a great answer beautiful <laughs> beautiful you are correct <laughs> <laughs> that's great nate thanks for sharing that thanks for what, sharing that what about, what about you spencer when did you see yeah this? you go ahead spencer okay so my experience is a bit different it's going to sound sacrilegious saying this on a la la land podcast but my first experience with it was like eh, i didn't hate it but it didn't have a huge impact on me but it's because I wasn't ready for it. I was biased going into it. I Previous to La La Land, I didn't really watch any musicals or rom-coms. I kind of thought that's something for women. And so <laughs> I didn't actually see it in theaters. I saw it later with Katerina, my wife. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a good movie. She'll like it, you know, and I'll just endure it. And, yeah, because of that, like, it kind of colored the way that I, I saw it and so I was harsher on it than I should have been and I remember thinking like oh yeah this has got good dance like the songs are catchy and stuff and good acting and uh um when it got to the observatory scene and they started floating into space I was like this is ridiculous like wh- what does this movie want to be is it real or is it fantasy and I was just like judging it because all these presuppositions I brought in about it and yeah so it like 
got shuffled into the the back of my mind. I just forgot about it. And then Alec, uh, after I got to know him, I saw that he had this poster on his wall. And I was like, why do you have a poster of La La Land? He's like, it's my favorite movie. And I was like, favorite movie? Really? Okay. And he was telling me why he liked it. And then he had me watch it with him. And the second For time... For my I birthday. Was, yeah. And so... Gosh, I, I probably watched it the first time in 2017 and then the second time like a month ago. And it was so much different the second time. Like, I loved it. It Just as you said, uh, Nate, like, it made me cry twice, probably the same parts as you. And, yeah, it just touched me. I related to the characters a lot more. I was like, oh, yeah, and this deals with such good, deep, meaningful questions that all of us deal with. And it's so creative. Uh, it's, you know, it's not cliche like some other uh, romantic type movies yeah so it just had a whole different experience and I think it was because like going into it this time I respected somebody that really liked it and so I was like okay I'm gonna soften my heart to this and like be willing to to like let it affect me holy smokes correct as well <laughs> <laughs> that's a beautiful uh, explanation of your, of your journey of, of faith uh, to come to <laughs> come to believe in La La Land. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny actually. I it's not sacrilegious at all. This is me a common theme that I kind of want to explore actually. So I I came out of it not as excited as Nate was. So Nate, I had I didn't. Did you guys ever see previews for this anywhere on TV or online? Once on TV, and I was a little confused by kind of like uh, what Spencer was saying. Like, what is this movie? What is this? Is this? Because I think the, the trailer showed people floating and um, the, it didn't give any plot away. And, and uh, so, yeah, I didn't. But other, I just uh, heard good things, I guess, probably from from friends. But see, yeah, I, I didn't hear about I didn't see it anywhere. You were the one, Nate, because you saw it came out right at Christmas, I think. And it was Christmas break when I was home that you were talking to me about it. Like, or you texted me. So I went and saw it. And the first time I came out of the theater, um I, I gave it like I probably in my mind gave it like three out of four stars. I wasn't super stoked, but I was like, I really connected with the characters and I was moved emotionally. But there were there were like two things that really detoured me from being super, super excited about it. One was for me, musicals are really tough for me to get behind unless I already know the soundtrack. Well, I don't know if you all feel that way, but like mm -hmm. I remember the first time I saw Les Mis, you know, 10, 12, 10, 15 years ago. I saw it on Broadway and I didn't love it because for me, I, I really want to know the melody and almost like be able to sing along in my head. So I wasn't obsessed with that. And then secondly, what we'll talk about this, we'll explore it. The ending left me, dare I say, unsatisfied, maybe not unsatisfied as much as I was confused. Like I just left kind of thinking like, what the hell just happened? Like, why did they end it that way? Um, so I, I came out and I thought on it more and I was like, I, I got to see it again almost because of the ending. And that's when it was just like blew me away. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, why I really, really just 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 feel passionately about it. But I want to I want to transition then real quick. So there might be some people listening who have seen La La Land or have not seen La La Land. Some of those people who have seen it, I've, I've heard so many tell me it was OK. Like, I, I don't understand why you like it. Sure, it was cool. Like, I, I, I enjoyed it to a point, but I, I just don't understand what the, all the, the hullabaloo is about, and especially the ending. So I, I, I want to hear both of your sides. Like, 
Spencer, you already gave us a pitch of like a reason to why you should see it again. But Nate, do you have a reason? Like if you were if you were going to try and pitch to someone, give it a chance or give this podcast a chance almost, what would you say? Well, I guess the the pitch for La La Land is it's, I think it's its vision of uh, like his aching romanticism of uh, Gosling's or Sebastian's, uh, Ryan Gosling's character, his, his view of the world of this sort of rose-colored glasses that, um, you know, the past is, is, is great and, and like you can like accomplish all these things and just to be obsessed with something so much that everyone else sort of enjoys it. And I think we live uh, in a time where it's not cool to care about things that much. Um, you don't want to put all your eggs in the same basket or, or be caught caring, uh, basically. And I, I hate that. I, I love caring about things. I know, Al, um, you love caring about things um, very deeply. And, and like they say in this movie, it's so contagious. And so they, the characters in the movie do, for the people who are watching the movie, uh, you know, what happens to each other, which is, you know, Emma Stone falls in love with jazz because Ryan Gosling loves jazz. And then you're watching this movie and you sort of do the same thing where you're just watching two people love each other. And then you fall in love with this like aching romantic love. Um, even if it's unsuccessful love, that's not really the point, I guess, in, in my mind. So I don't know. I, I think uh, give yourself over to that, I, I'd say. And then yeah, I, I guess I was fine with the ending. I, I, we can probably dive deeper into that, but um, I, I thought the mo- the ending said something um, said something specific. But I don't know. What, what about you, Spencer? What, what's your pitch on the movie? There's a lot of reasons to like this movie. <laughs> uh, so as I said before, like the acting is phenomenal. I think we'll get into the actor specifically in a little bit. It's super well choreographed. Uh, like the dancing sequences are amazing, and I especially love the dance scene that has no cuts during the whole time because mm. that would take so much like skill and and reshooting to to achieve that so it just took a lot of hard work to make the movie i think um it's both nostalgic and new like it has a lot of throwback to the golden age of cinema you know like it's similar to movies like singing in the rain or sound of music in certain ways um but it also has like a fresh take like for example as we've been talking about the ending is like nothing I've ever seen before in any other movie. Like they just show you two alternate endings and then they just leave you without an explanation. And then you then go and discuss it. And I think that's, those are often the best movies. Like that's why I really love Coen brother movies, for example, because they're, they're often really um, like there's some ambiguity to them that leaves room for really great discussion. And I think this movie did that really well. Absolutely. I, I remember when we left my my birthday party where we watched La La Land together. <laughs> it wasn't just me and Spencer. There were yeah. a few other dudes and some pizza. Sure. And, and uh, we leave and Spencer and all of us are like talking about it as we're walking up the stairs and I'm saying goodbye to everyone. And we're all just like talking about the ending, blah, blah, blah. And Spencer's like, this is what makes a great movie. You think about it. You talk about it. You discuss it. And you, you like keep pondering it. And every mo- every day afterward on our phone calls, we were both just kept talking about the ending. Mm-hmm. So you talked yeah. about the actors. You talked about Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yes. I I has there ever been a couple on screen with more pure natural chemistry? And I and I mean this honestly. Like I was I was googling like the greatest actors on screen um, together 
And, and it just these two, I think, stand out in my mind because they're also in crazy, stupid love as well. But has there ever been anyone else in your mind who really stands out with with like just incredible chemistry? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. These days, um, I can't think of anything modern. Um, I do. It, it is the only thing I can compare it to is like something from um, uh, Casablanca or um, it's a it's a wonderful life, something mm-hmm. like that. And those, those types of movies are, are very different than what they make these days. It's kind of like vaudeville, like timing. Um, it's not that realistic, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you watch Casablanca, it, it looks, it's, it does, it's not as, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Realistic, but it's still one of my favorite movies, but, but uh, yeah, to watch them together, they're, they're perfect together. I think Ryan Gosling's awkward, like charm is perfect with, uh, Emma Stone's quirky, like big-eyed smile, and uh, I, 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 I'm with you, man. I, I, I love these two together. Especially, I love. Well, I, I don't even know. I, I like Ryan Gosling. There's nothing better than Ryan Gosling getting scared. I actually <laughs> took that and put it into my own life, and I pretend to get scared all the time because it's so charming when he gets frightened. Uh, in this movie or in The Nice Guys, he does it all the time. Oh, yeah. it, is, it is amazing. He's he's got this unique quality that I was thinking about all week in preparation for this of like he, Ryan Gosling's obviously like devastatingly handsome, right? Like he's he's got so much charm to him because he's so handsome. When I go get my haircut, I tell my barber to make me look like Ryan Gosling. He's he's not doing great, but we're getting closer every time. And he's what he's got unique though from like the other guys um, around him who are movie stars who are also like that charming and handsome like brad pitt um you know i don't think leonardo DiCaprio is known as like that you know that that as good looking as brad pitt george clooney uh you think so i don't know maybe maybe nate i'm not sure i love but, leo yeah i love leo too <laughs> i love leo too but what ryan has is he can pull off the goofy guy so well as well as be the the charmer the handsome guy like you said him him being scared or him being a goober, you know, when he's when he's telling uh, Emma Stone that she's you're being a baby, you're a baby, you know, like that. That's just like that's just iconic. I don't think anyone else can pull off on screen. Yeah, I can throw in a couple interesting trivia things that go along with this. So, oh, they weren't originally supposed to be the couple in the movie. It was going to be the lead guy from Whiplash, Miles. Oh, Miles oh, Teller. That guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Emma Watson from Harry Potter. Another Emma. Yes. Really? Yeah. I didn't and know that. I honestly don't think I would have enjoyed the movie nearly as much with them in it, even though they're both great actors. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. It just it feels weird to I, I think Miles Teller's a little smarmy. I, like, you kinda, he's got a punchable face and demeanor. <laughs> and then Emma Stone, or Emma Watson, I, I think, I don't, I've never enjoyed her outside of Harry Potter. She's good in... A little bookish. Uh, She's yeah, she is, but she's good in uh, what's it called? I've got it over here. The perks of being a wallflower. She's good in that. And and the other thing is, um, they weren't just in Crazy Stupid Love together, Ryan and and Emma. Uh, there no was way. another movie called Gangster Squad. Have you guys I gotta see seen it. Seen that? I have not. I, I gotta watch it. I don't know if it's very good because yeah. I didn't hear a whole lot about it. But they were in those two before La La Land, and so they were already kind of seen as this like uh, big Hollywood couple, kind of like the. Uh, Casablanca couple because I think they had also been in more movies than just Casablanca, but I don't really know. Or or maybe I'm mixing them up with 
Catherine Hepburn and that other guy. <laughs> We're just throwing names out there. Um, yeah, I can't even remember the name of the Casablanca guy right now. We sound like horrible podcasters. Oh, but it's the, uh, Bogart. Bogart. Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart. Yeah. 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 Because um, even even as Sebastian asks her, what's your Bogart's name? Yeah. Again? There's a lot yeah. of references. Like she's got a giant picture of Ingrid Bergman right next to her yeah. bed. And they talk about the Casablanca window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. James Dean. Um, yep. I've got yep. the blitz. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of great things. My my only other like modern rom-com that I can think of of people who had great chem- like as good a chemistry would be Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. They were both in Sleepless in Seattle as well as um what's the other one? You've got Man, yeah, yeah. right? They were yeah. both really good. I mean, and if you it, wor- it didn't work out for me. That that just doesn't their their attractiveness does not match. Meg oh. Ryan is so cute and Tom <laughs> Hanks just is not nearly as attractive. That's why it's kind of fun because he's the everyman getting yeah, the super right. super cute it, girl. It makes us all feel like we have a chance. <laughs> yeah. We could, and we all do. You know, yeah. we all married way hotter wives. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. That's true. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so we're, we're talking about the characters, and and Nate, you had mentioned while we were kind of talking through this that you really like that there's almost no side characters in this movie. Why do you say that? Well, I think uh, it's uh, it's a rare movie where the so there uh, there's what's his name. Um, John Legend, John Legend, who plays a famous jazz, uh, you know, new wave jazz musician. He basically plays himself. Um, <laughs> yeah, but true. it didn't have to be him. He's like, there's no character growth from him through the movie. He's in. Mm-hmm. He's got a few speaking lines, and then there's uh, the owner of the bar that Ryan Gosling works at, who mm-hmm. just happens to be J.K. Simmons. Yep. Like again, it didn't have to have to be him it it was because it didn't have to be a good role all he does is like fire ryan gosling and then sort of clap at the end um (laughs) so the rest of them like her roommates the um the boyfriend that she dumps um they're all just like they don't have names they're just they're they're not important they're not who the story's about it's just these two um i was watching a, a different movie sideways and it's a similar well it's not similar at all to la la land except in that it's like about two people two uh two buddies but there's six side characters who all have their own stuff going on. Um, and the movie is also about them. This movie is just about these two and their loves. their different loves, you know, their plural loves, um, which I think is a, a really cool um, zeroing in, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 very, very true. Interesting. I, I know it's it's crazy because neither no other characters develop besides the two. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is just straight up plot devices almost or like yes. character movers. Would you yeah, agree? I would say if we were going to throw a Dan Harmon story circle at this, we yeah, can only maybe. do it with two characters. Mm-hmm. Only two characters go through arcs. Right, right. Exactly. Do you think Emma Stone or, or um, Mia shares the same romanticism as Sebastian or does he does she like pick that up in the movie? What do you think? Yeah, that's that is so so interesting because yes, it is Sebastian's uh, like you can do anything nature that spurs Mia on, which I think is cool. Uh, Mia is like about to quit and just be a lawyer or something like that. Like the world needs more lawyers. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, the reason I ask is because you know we've got we've got a handful of quotes that we've all wanted to discuss, and one of them is when um. You know, Mia's got that that great question she asked Sebastian after after her play falls flat. She straight up just asks him, "Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm just not good enough." Um, 
and and I'm just curious, like, does does is he the reason that that she spurs on that that, that she continues to to dive into it? Yeah, I think it's interesting that there's some percentage of success that seems to be like stick to in sticking it sticking to it or luck or <laughs> or just like drive. So I do wonder what like I I know people who who went to um college and and studied acting and that kind of thing and and moved far away and they're not going to make it right they're they don't have the look or the drive or the connections or you know the luck to do it and they're not like not everyone is a mia in reality who who happens to get hit on that one role so it, it i don't know man I, this whole movie is about like they make fun of the people who think they're that are going to do it like that guy at the beginning of the pool party who's like getting That's a lot a, of heat right now got a natural world building yeah. i've been thinking about that since the last time i watched it it's uh, such a great little character to throw she just there. walks away from him yeah uh, right like i don't think he's gonna he's he didn't have a good end of it to a story i bet i got more trivia for that pertains to this question go for um, it baby. remember that scene where uh emma stone is auditioning and she's like in the middle of like she's tearing up and the uh, casting director takes a call and starts talking about her lunch. Mm-hmm. That whole situation happened to Ryan Gosling in real life. No way. Yeah. You're kidding. Yes. To the hottest dude in the world. Yeah. So I think like he told that to the director and that's why it's in the movie. Wow. That is fat. And that's wild because Ryan Gosling started off famous. Like he was in the Mickey Mouse Club. He had everything going for him and he still was like struggling to get casted. Gosh. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about Hollywood, but yeah, I can't imagine that this is real, a realistic depiction where the two people who happen to want these two dreams, both of them were successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think just percentage wise that that's what happens in in Hollywood. That's what's funny. Yeah, is, that's what I like this question a lot that she asks is like, maybe I'm just not good enough. Is it? It's like this telling this line of, of of chasing your dreams. Like how how far do you go to chase these dreams? Right. It's like this is why this movie is is so important to me. Is that they, these two stopped at nothing, and yeah, they they worked other jobs while they're chasing their dreams, and that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing. Like I I would love to be a writer someday, right? And I've said this many times on the pod. Like that's that's my dream, but I also know that I have a gift with 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 people with patience for and I, I do really love I'm passionate about dentistry and stuff and so it's just it's um it, it really Nate like you I loved how you talked about your first experience watching it is when I watch this movie it it truly spurs me on like Sebastian's character like I I love it when he tells me almost like you're being a baby if, and and maybe I'm not good enough. And that's okay. Like, I know that my success as a writer doesn't define me, but I just, I love, like, I'm okay being passionate about this till the day I die, whether I'm good at it or not, because of this. Just don't, just don't leave Claire. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Don't take the whole movie to heart. (laughs) All right. So we've got some of our other favorite quotes here we can talk through. People love what other people are passionate about. My favorite quote from the movie. Um, I find this quote to be, I, I thought almost entirely true until about a week ago when I was talking about it with one of the guys who watched it with us for my birthday. And he was laughing. He says, yeah, I think that's almost always true. And I was curious. I was like, what do you guys think? Do you think that is like pretty true? I think there are some weird things that people get passionate about. They're like, uh, you know, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I just think that this this was very um, this quote was very healing for me almost where I felt like I gave I was given permission almost to be passionate and excited about silly little things. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it's I think it is always true if someone is kind about their their past sharing their passion. Some people are so passionate about like I would say say something like college football uh, <laughs> that it gets annoying and, and it's you're like, I can't enjoy this. I want to I want to hate this out of spite because of how annoying you're being. But other people share their like love for college football. And it's like, ah, great. I'm glad you I'm glad you're enjoying it. You know what I mean? I think it's all in the manner of sharing. But I could get behind if someone was like genuine with their like love if it was Dungeons and Dragons or if it was even like, I don't know, you know, gardening or the WNBA, if I, I think I could get behind anything. I don't know if I'm going to end up loving it, you know, but I'm going to like hearing about it. The WNBA. <laughs> yeah. If you, have you ever met someone who was just like, dude, you got to talk about the sparks. I've never met anyone like that, but if someone was genuine about that, great. Yeah, yeah, there's gotta be someone out there like that. And I think that's the thing about this is that, no matter how eccentric and weird our passions might be, there's always going to be at least one person out there that shares that with us. And even if they don't, like your passion is contagious. And I'm going to throw more trivia at you. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need to have like a, I'm, I'm going to throw in the pod, like a yeah, there's, Yes. You know, Get that sound effect sound in there. Um, the reason Emma Watson. Stone. Emma Stone. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just cussed. Podcast. I just cussed for five minutes straight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cut, cut that out. <laughs> the reason Emma Stone signed on to the movie was because the director, when he pitched it to her, he was so passionate about that. Mm. Yeah, there's like a direct quote from her. Like, that's what sold me. Wow, that's great. So it's like the movie wouldn't have been a thing, really, or it wouldn't have been as good as it was without that. Like that quote drove the whole movie. So he's this Damien Chazelle guy. He's like, you know, 35 or something like that. His first movie was great. Whiplash was amazing. Yes. And then he made La La Land, uh, which obviously is great. And then he made First Man, which uh, is about Neil Armstrong, uh-huh. which is very different, but very, very good. A- incredible <laughs> movie. Good, not great, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I-, I thought it, watching it in theaters is a little bit. It was a little bit like watching like 1917, uh, where you just, I can't, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. And here's a. It's more trivia for you. So a quote from Damien Chazelle is filming this movie. He became con- or the first man movie, which is about Neil Armstrong landing on the moon. He became convinced that they couldn't have faked the moon landing because of how hard it was to film something realistic. <laughs> no way. Yeah. It was like, they could not have done this 60 years ago. That's it, so it would have been easier to land on the moon than to fake the like film a fake moon landing. That's what <laughs> Damien so Chazelle funny. said. You don't, you don't want to know how many high schoolers think it was fake. Really? I bet, yes. a, bet a bunch of them do. Yeah. yeah. Stupid. We should go punch them all in the <laughs> yeah. face. That's great. So we live right. in a culture like in 2021, we can find, you can find anyone who's passionate about the same thing as you through yes. the internet, through Reddit. Yeah. Right now I'm in a Facebook group of about 150 people who are obsessed with a sci-fi book from the eighties called the book of the new sun. And it's just a bunch of theories and like, well, I, I think this is what's happening. Oh, I disagree. I know you could because the chapter this it's um, it's I super gotta fun. Read it there's a bunch of people who are way smarter than me and I just kind of tag along. But like they're just out there all over the world, you know, and it's because of the Internet. You can find stuff like that. That's freaking great. I love yeah, it. Back in the day, like before the Internet, you just went your whole life thinking you were the only one like you were weird. Well, you are kind of weird. But, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. 
my last quote I got I gotta share my last of the favorites for me. What if they don't like it? Fuck them. I hope Claire didn't hear me say that. <laughs> Our first on-air curse. Uh, F-word, anyway. F-word. That's great, Al. Yeah, Leave yeah, that thanks. out. Did it sound good? Some people are good at the F-word. You're, you're really not good at the F-word, just I like know. to be I, honest. I felt really uncomfortable saying That's a it. good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad. Thanks. No, it's a great Should it's I try a great again? Thing. It's, and it's, it's in the same vein as the um, people are passionate. You know, like, it just who cares what they think? Yeah. Who cares? That's the I, I told you guys this is the thesis statement of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I think we should all say it now. <laughs> At the same time, we're like you first name around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they, when we were texting about it, I laughed so hard, but it's so true. It's this has been the thesis statement of this podcast since the beginning. It's like, who cares if no one listens? Who cares if no one likes it? We're doing this anyways because one, it's great for our relationship, and two, we love talking about things we're excited about. It's great. Yeah, great line. Um, yeah, that whole scene. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna go scene by scene, but I love that scene in front of the library. I love the moment where he they reveal how he re- he remembers where the house was, right? Because from their first yeah, conversation, yeah. him honking the out library. there. I love his wave there. That's that's Ryan Gosling's goofiness coming yeah. out. You know? mm-hmm. Gosh, how mm-hmm. about his car? His his car is just so perfectly him you know i never got convertible i still don't like what if because i think i saw a scene maybe from glee where someone walked by a convertible and dumped a smoothie in it wouldn't wouldn't that happen all the time are, are people do i have a negative view of people that i always assume my convertible would get smoothie dumped in it you've been hurt too many times that's right that's right <laughs> you guys got any other quotes you want to you want to hit on the stupidest one I have is is uh, when the the uh, boyfriend goes out with his brother, and Emma Stone is not getting along in the conversation. It's jungle and... eco resort. <laughs> <laughs> the guy goes, the the brother goes, I got one word for you, Indonesia. <laughs> and then the boyfriend goes, I've never heard anyone say that before. <laughs> Dude, they they do such a good job of pick of like illustrating douchey people in this movie like it's so funny i'm sure there are loads of them in 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 la um and <laughs> everywhere not who are la listeners Sorry i mean I'm sure there are douche, douches everywhere but um yeah i stink and love that quote and, and there's another interesting quote that's almost like the antithesis of this conversation uh, or what we love about the movie but john legend says um how are you gonna how are you going to save jazz, jazz, save if, jazz. If, you, um, if you're just living in the past? I can't remember the exact quote. But he's talking about like all Ryan Gosling wants to do is live in the 1930s. And John Legend's out here using jazz to do new stuff, what people are interested in, getting millions of views. People are packed at his concerts. He's using sort of jazz-like things. And it's like the case for, I don't know, uh, like updating or – it's like the Vatican II of, of um, concepts. That's so I don't know if, if that's that's what they knew the let's just start talking about Vatican II. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it. No, um, the, actually, the quote I was going to say kind of connects to this when Seb is complaining and he says uh, something along the lines of like, what's wrong with these people is they value or they worship everything and value nothing. And it's when he's really mad at that Tapa Samba place because he's like, they don't even know what they're trying to do. They're just trying to mm-hmm. please everybody because they're mixing cultures. And he ends up destroying the sign in spite of them. And 
What do you guys think of that quote? Or I can go off on it. Well, I know I think it's I think it's evident in the in our in just the social media culture. I still have a Facebook. I I, I probably should now. We had that conversation about deleting social media, but you see it in like I think I see it in celebrity deaths sometimes, where there's like this quick worship of this person that they didn't know was around, and then then they die, and then there's like a worship session instead of someone in your own life or your own problems, right? But there's no value there. There's just like fake praise i guess does that make sense i I guess i've just seen that so empty in the last couple weeks a couple people have died um and uh there's been a go-around on social media and and youtube and in podcasts of of people um who had no relationship with this these people um but yeah i I think it's a it's a good quote what what are your thoughts on it spencer well i was just kind of thinking about society as a whole so not just la people um it it seems to be like a perfect summation of like moral relativism and religious pluralism to throw in some big words, like this idea of like everything goes like we worship everything, but we don't really value anything quantity over quality, you know, like there, there is no truth. Everything is true. And therefore nothing is true. Um, And, and like Seb is like, you know, I want to, I want to stick to like something that means something. Um, Cause, cause like the Samba Tapas place, it's so uninspired, right? It's just, it's just created for popularity to appeal to the masses and, but there's no heart and soul to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fascinating. I honestly, I like, I love that quote, but it's so, it, it is very, I don't know, honestly, like, I, I kind of, like you said, it's, it's almost, some, there's so many Christian elements and themes to this. Um, and, and I think that's one of them there, like worshiping everything, but valuing nothing. Um, and I almost think the entirety of the movie is almost like a, um, you know, it's this romantic idealized view of reality and the ending is as well, but it's got, I don't know. I think even like Christianity itself is almost like a romantic idea of life almost like, right. Like we have this, the Christian idea of grace. Or redemptive suffering it's like this suffering sucks but it's being redeemed is could, could some people would say oh you're just an idealist for even saying that um but a catholic especially they see suffering as redemptive uh, but we still have like the realist view that suffering is difficult that suffering is real you know and, and it's just like i just love some of these quotes are just downright emotional you know we all talked about how we were moved to tears in this movie it's because it's like man, we connect with these characters, we connect with their their feelings, we connect with what they're going through, what they're saying. And I, I get emotional when people, when I can, when I see on screen what people have, are going through or, or, or what, what I have gone through at times or what I have felt at times or when they put into words what I have felt or am feeling. And, and I just, I, I love exactly what, what, what you guys are saying. It's like, you know, I just look around and see us worshiping everything, but valuing nothing at times. Mm-hmm. Spencer, no, could no, you, that made sense. Could, could you pass the wine? Oh. <laughs> um, we have to, we have to pause real quick. You're going to fill it up. We have to pause real quick to, uh, to thank Eric Dorneman for sponsoring our winking owl wine here that he purchased for me and Spencer. He, he Venmoed me and, to sponsor some wine and i i unfortunately forgot to tell nate that he bought me a bottle of wine but 
Yeah, so it's a little salty. I, I, a little context for the for the listener. I've been paying for uh, a subscription for to Zoom for for a year now. Uh, it's like seventeen dollars a month, and uh, we get like one donor a a year, and they they Venmoed Al the money, and he didn't tell me, and he bought the bottle of wine, and I'm sitting I here drinking sparkling water. Uh, I'm drinking I, water, Al. I swear I told you, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. Or it's a Wednesday. That's a Tuesday. It's, Tuesday. it's Tuesday. So we're talking about the characters. Ryan, Gosling, Emma Stone. Huge question here. Who was better dressed throughout the movie? Mm. You know, um, I, I get Ryan pretty, Gosling was better dressed. I get pretty defensive and jealous of, of well-dressed people because I, I do try. I, I don't have an eye for uh, fashion. Um and so, yeah, of course, Ryan Gosling looked amazing. But I, I wrote down when I was watching this movie, Emma Stone, so cute. I just wrote it on a piece of paper because she was so adorable this entire time. She she really wore those dresses when she was wearing them, you know, and um, she really, I, I, really don't, I don't really have the words to describe fashion like I should. <laughs> she really wore I just know dress. she looked she looks cute um, and all her friends are too. But yeah, Ryan, Ryan with his with his suits and um now what what what's an outfit that he that he he uh he nailed out? Oh gosh, you got, the you brown got. suit at the end was really cool when he was playing the piano because yes. the focus was on him for so long you can really like take it all in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's such such an odd color that you never see on a suit. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's what I love is is these suits are so like they're they're so cool but classy because you know they're not flashy right they're like old timey they like they're so um they're so similar to his own personality and his own loves, his love for jazz and stuff. And so his, I just love how the way they, they, they found a way to dress him that represents his, his own love of, of, of old timey things. Are you, are you looking up photos of Ryan Gosling right now? Yeah, this, this oh. is a, uh, Oh baby. That's the suit. Gosh. Nice. Yeah. Isn't that great? I can almost hear the color of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, Emma Stone's uh, her pink little her collared uh, dress, the yellow dress she has on, and the dance scene. The yellow dress and the dance scene trumps all. That's true. That's iconic. It trumps all. As much as I want to say, as I yelled a a moment ago, Ryan Gosling's better dress. The yellow dress trumps it all. Like, and that. So here's some trivia uh, back at you, Spencer. That was the practice dress. That was the dress they were rehearsing in. And it was there was another dress for the shoot, but Emma Stone liked the dress so much that she kept it on for the shoot. Oh, wowzers! Dang. I was gonna ask you, Alec, though, when it comes to the fashion in the movie, is it like you worship all of it but value none of it? Gosh, I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. It was so funny. All right. So, so um, yeah. uh, No. (laughs) So we're just talking about that scene on the hill. Lovely night, right? Easily my favorite song. What What are your favorite songs for the movie? Okay, I've got two because one is a singing song and the other one's an instrumental. Oh. Um, the singing one is, uh, I think it's City of Stars, right? That's yeah. what it's called. Because that one's just like so hauntingly beautiful. But so is the instrumentation that's ca- it's called like Mia and Sebastian's Tune. Theme, 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 that's think, it. Yeah. Okay, and that's the one that he plays on the piano at the end. And it's like, those are like some of the most touching moments in the film when those songs play. So they had the most emotional impact on me, but with the song you said, which was what again, lovely night, 
Or what a lovely night. I think. That's the one where they have the amazing choreography, right? Yeah, like yeah. I love that one just because of the visuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that you can't go wrong with it. I, I love the summer montage, uh, the one where they're da- dancing around the city. Um, it's it's kind of just upbeat jazz, and then the it ends with uh, Emma Stone uh, dancing in the crowd and, and Ryan's playing. Uh, I think that's so it's adorable. Just, it's just cuteness song. incarnate when she's <laughs> dancing there. But the other one is the, like her, her audition song. I really like that song. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, one of the quotes I say most from the movie, when the, when Paris gets brought up, I'll always say, Oh, my aunt used to live in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've, I've thought of this recently after I rewatched it last month. If someone that were to ask you in an interview, Tell us a story. I was, I've, I've been dumbfounded. Like, that's that's a tough thing to just come up with. Mm-hmm. Tell me a story. What story would you tell? Nugget story. Yeah, uh-huh. but you you couldn't tell the ending very well, you know. Yeah, uh, you get fired. Yeah, before true. they even hired you. That's true. The uh, I I would tell the actually I, I just wrote, wrote this out because it's on the my uh, website uh, nateandemilyforever.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm. Uh, the story of how we met and uh, got engaged and everything it's it's a pretty decent story um but that that's the only that's like real life love i guess so it, it has some some stakes i don't know the others all most of my stories have just been like funny things that have happened to me for my first for most of my years right yeah, yeah. so it doesn't really wouldn't be a great like an inspirational thing it's tough. What would you say? Yeah, for me, I, it would definitely depend on the job I was interviewing for. But I mean, I think the best one that ever happened to me was when I got to hold hands with the Pope briefly Uh-oh. on our honeymoon. Dang. Um, just Waffle because... or pancake? For him or for me? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean exactly? <laughs> you know what I mean? You waffle his hand or pancake you know oh you're like i didn't know that was a thing oh, that's funny for him i was like me. are you asking if pope francis prefers waffles or pancakes because <laughs> i'm pretty sure for him it's like some italian food that's funny for him or for me it's francis that's nice that's cool i mean yeah well, that's really unbelievable actually yeah oh that's incredible yeah we're very lucky but it was not easy it was uh four hours plus of st- standing out in the hot sun wearing a full tuxedo and just Feeling like I was going to black out (laughs) with jet lag. Gosh. Speaking of better dressed, that's great. All right. We're cruising along. A lot of good stuff. I really think we're going to catch up on a lot of the uh, other things we want to discuss if we just jump right into the ending, though. Because this is is the big issue a lot of people have with it. This is also, like, the thing that so many people want to discuss about this movie is not only why did it in this way, but how do you feel about the ending? How, um, how did it make you feel? Um, yeah, just, just been really curious. I, I, I love discussing this ending so much. So I just want to hear your thoughts. Um, I think it's a great ending from a writer director perspective, because I think about how the ending could have been instead. It could have just been like, they stay together and they're happy and then it's over. And it's kind of like a lot of the old, musicals like the ones you were talking about nate um yeah it's just like okay that's it the end yeah so i think it was like a really creative ending it like catches your interest and it also makes you really feel for the characters like it's a tragedy it is because i don't think anybody watches that ending is like oh thank god they broke up like everybody wants them to be together it's supposed to be tragic that they didn't end up together and like you hear the music and you see them look at each other at the very end and you're like oh dang like 
Yeah. So it has such a much more emotional impact on you than it could have had if it was a more happy ending. Now, the Catholic perspective, <laughs> where I'm like, which of the two paths that they could have gone in was better? Um, I Initially, I was like, the the one where they stay together and they have a family because they have children and that's a good thing and like that's that looks like a vocation for them and and that seems to be what god would want for them as opposed to the other side which is like it kind of seems like they're chasing after fortune and fame and at least on ryan gosling's end of it like it doesn't seem there doesn't seem to be any family there it seems to be loneliness so like the fruits of it seem to be worse but i was like thinking about how like a secular audience would view it and you know, they'd probably be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, to make an omelet, you got to break a few eggs. Like, you know, it's important to get to your dreams. And like sometimes like he doesn't your relationships on the way don't work out. And I think the reason they see that, like they see both passes like equally good. Like they could have gone either way because neither one has God in it at the center. And so like either one will really lead to them being unhappy or happy. Depending on where they go with it, like, you know, it, even though they get married in one version like they might not be happy with each other they might get divorced but on on the other side the one where they get their dreams like they might not be fulfilled with that too like we've seen plenty of celebrities not be fulfilled with with getting fame so yeah i think that's like the key missing factors like god is not at the center of mm. either outcome so like neither one really is f- completely fulfilling for us yeah, interesting. I I, I didn't re- haven't really looked at it like that, but it's true that uh, happiness sort of not guaranteed out of uh, out of both of those things. But I think that's maybe part of it because I they they recognize that and they they say this is my choice anyway. You know what I mean? Like I think that is part of any of these big things that we do, whether that's a career move or a city move or a, getting married. It's like happiness should naturally flow from a lot of those things if you're making good decisions but it's your decision um that uh that spurs it all on so ryan gosling looks at her imagines the thing and she's imagining the same thing and then they say okay yeah that would have been fun uh for a lot of different reasons um and i recognize that but i'm not going to dwell on it and i'm not going to i'm not going to play half measures with it i'm going to go full in on the thing that i chose um, which, which is a, a good way to live. I, I would say, I mean, half measures rarely get you anywhere. So there's nothing wrong with like being good at a, a bunch of different things, but, um, and, and I think there's room for Ryan Gosling to, to have a family. It, Emma Stone, I think ended up better off, but there's, he's a young, good looking dude. I, I hope that he, I hope that the, the Sebastian the, character, the just best looking dude. yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the virtue I, I think that's on display here is the virtue of sticking to a choice and 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 knowing that if there's sort of love and passion there, then, then there's going to be also good things that that do pop up along the way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm so fascinated, Spencer, that you called it almost a tragedy because I I for so long have felt similarly. And I'm, I'm leaning a little bit away from it. But but when you bring in like the Christian perspective, I totally agree because it's it's such a non Hollywood ending. Right. This is a this is a romantics movie with a realist ending. 
Mm. which is so ironic, right? It's all about chasing their dreams, but then they both chase their dreams so much that they have to pay the price. We're talking about the Dan Harmon story circle, right? And the, the price they have to pay is each other. So they, they look at the end, that you're just describing, Nate, um, and they're asking this question of what if, what could it have been between us? And I, I don't think they're still in love at this moment. Like, this is what's so fun. It's just like imagining this ambiguity here. It's like, well, how do they actually feel for each other? Um, but I, I think they still just like, they feel so much admiration for each other because I truly think Sebastian spurred her on so much, like we talked about earlier in the pod. And she pushed him so much to continue to be to be great, to not settle for mediocrity, for um, to give him a desire for magnanimity, anemonymity. Sound it out. Yeah. Yeah, they, they look at each other and they like they see all these memories they have um, and they, 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 they nod. Right. They're like, yes, this was good. What we had together was good. Um, but as a viewer watching this, it's it's hard and it hurts. So I understand why some people, you know, don't like it because it does leave you like, mm. oh, yeah. like it, I wish well, I it's wish Casablanca ending. Yes, it's, it's what happens at the end of that movie as well. And um, it's the right thing, though, that happens in, in that movie. It wouldn't have been right for uh, Rick Blaine to say, I got two tickets here. And we're yeah. leaving your boyfriend behind. It's me and you. So it's, you know, that wouldn't have made any sense. That that did not fit with his his whole shtick throughout because he knew that him and um, I can't remember Rick Blaine's wife's uh, name and her girlfriend's name and guys welcome, but that he knew it wasn't what was best for her. So he sacrificed what his sort of desires were. And I think maybe there's something similar going on here where yeah. Ryan Gosling recognizes it's not what Emma wants. And I think. Gosh, I mean, you guys have been married for a couple of years now, but you, on a very smaller scale, you've probably had these types of moments where you see an old flame, and if you ended it well, then you can look at look at her and say, "Oh, hey, yes, thanks for everything." Yes, and this- we both grew because of it. And uh, now I've chosen this other path, and you've chosen yours, and and there was real love there seven years ago. Yep, and that's good, but. Mm-hmm. Love since love is a choice, there is no more love, right? Because you're not choosing to love her. Yeah, yep. I think I think there's a lot of similarities there. I, I totally agree, Nate. That's exactly what hit me the last time I was watching this was was thinking through that of like that 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 woman is now a a memory, right? She is no longer this choice of love that I'm giving, and that's why I used to lean more to like what Spencer's saying, where it's like this is almost a morality play. You know, it's like he made the wrong choice. Where, you know, you could you could make that argument. I, and I totally agree. That's why this is fun to discuss this. But um, I, I do think that there's part of him, especially, that is empty. Because I don't know about y'all, um, but have you ever hit an, an incredible goal? Like a massive, um, some massive deadline or, or, or something you could like finally check off your list. You enjoy it for a few moments or a few days and then boom. There's a little letdown, right? There's a hangover. It's like, oh, I finally graduated from college. Or finally made it past the CPA. But but that like only leaves me like satisfied for so long. And I, and I think that's, I guarantee that's what Seb's feeling here at the end is 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 he's got to feel this hint of loneliness, a hint of emptiness, sitting there in his awesome jazz club, right? But still, this is like 
this is not a truly satisfying experience. Wow. Yeah, because the um, that is interesting there because there is no, as we all believe, there's no satisfying, completely satisfying experiences until yeah, uh, till death, right? Until but, the end. But I'll, but I'll tell you, having a family is like one of the darn near closest things, earthly things I can experience, right? You know, darn, one of the closest things I can experience to heaven is 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 my family here. But why did they give each other up? You know, when you when you look at the flashback, they still do. Like they're still successful, even though they don't get as successful. Like mm-hmm. it shows them like doing great stuff and like he's still playing jazz and she's still putting on her shows, except now they have a kid. So it's like, do they just give it up for more fortune and fame? I, I think that's what's interesting is it's only Seb basically who has to pay the price almost. You know, it's like Seb's the one who club. he doesn't get the jazz club. Yes. So it's either they both get it or only one of them. I was gets thinking it. that too. He definitely pays more of a price. But I, I really love the scene where it sh- it like cuts to uh, Mia's perspective and she's like all over um, Seb and they're like, they start kissing while listening to Seb play the piano at the same time, you know, uh-huh. that scene. And then it cuts to like reality and like her and her like new husband are just like sitting apart mm-hmm. watching it like coldly. And so you, like, get this feeling that, like, gosh, are things really, like, going okay with them? Like, do they actually love each other? Mm. So it does kind of seem like she's lost a little bit, too, because they look so happy together. And, like, the contrast when it cuts is, is so stark. Oh, man. Well, I don't know, man. I, it, it, you're right. Like, they, they go from making out into holding hands in a bar. And I, I, I have not been married uh, at all. Um, <laughs> Ever in my life. Yeah. So... So yeah, I can see in about a month or so. That's that's basically that's just natural. What you're gonna we're gonna be jumping all over each other whenever the chart says sure. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but I can see at uh, your age, <laughs> at, at your stage of a marriage, you know, you got kids working at me. It's like in such a like a boyish way, like yes. <laughs> yeah. sex. Yeah, we know all about it. NFP jokes. Hey. <laughs> so, but but once you've got a couple kids, and once you. I don't know. I can see how holding hands that with someone can be as intimate. It express a lot. Um, is that true? Just tell me that is true, so I can look forward to like just sitting in and and not you're not having sex, but you're just sitting with with one. I another. I, I yeah. still love, intimate. Yeah. I love Claire. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yes. I waffle her hand usually, not pancake. So it depends if we're walking or sitting. I I, I when we're walking we go pancake. Because mm. um, our it's it's. Not always the greatest angle, but um, sitting will do all kinds of stuff <laughs> with our hands. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, man. Do you uh, do you feel like John Legend's a douche, or uh, like in the in the in not, not in real life, you know? But like, so this this is interesting because it. Uh, it's similar to A Star is Born, where they, they bring in a real pop star, Lady mm-hmm. Gaga and, and John Legend. And they have, they like in Star is Born, they have Lady Gaga play pop songs. And the, 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 the whole point of that whole sequence is like, hey, pop is soulless and dead. And you, you sold your soul to be pop and, you know, rock and roll and folk music. That's where it's at because it has heart in its lyrics. But Lady Gaga is a pop star. Like, she, yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. she does. 
and and Lady Guy and uh, John Legend is almost similar, where he does play yeah. new wave funk jazz and modernizes what uh, what Ryan Gosling's character loves, and they have him sort of make fun of that, and they have the worst song in the movie is his song, mm-hmm. and um. You wonder if, like, does John Legend get it that he's that this is not he's not the totally. the winner here? It's such a funny part of the movie because I don't hate it, but it's but it's a it's it's a part where I'm like, ah, oh, I can't wait till this is over because this just hurts to watch. You know what I mean? That's where I realize like how good of a movie this is because it like hurts me to watch Emma and Ryan go through this pain. This is this is like we talk about the Dan Harmon story circle. You guys, should, everyone should Google it. It's fascinating. If if you ever watch YouTube videos on um, an explanation of it, you'll forever watch movies and read books in a new light. Or maybe you've heard of the Hero's Journey. It's just an updated version. Yes, yes, and and this is like the part where the the hero, the protagonist, has to pay a price. And this is Ryan and Emma both paying this price this distance here it's like they both found something beautiful but now they have to pay a price before they can re- return and it's it's yeah. just it's a hard part you know and, it's, it's and interestingly in all of the ancient myths like the odyssey um at the bottom of the hero's journey circle there's this spot called meeting the goddess where they like literally will meet a goddess that gives them something that they've needed you know and in this case the goddess is john legend <laughs> and he gets him his you know a way to make money off of his mm-hmm. skills so I want to I want to start um, kind of wrapping things up here, but like I, I just think it's fun to um, you know again that one question I asked her there like how could I pitch this to someone who didn't love this movie and I, I think the ending if anything like really makes you think and it makes you hurt which can be cannot necessarily be like the most fun thing you want to have in a movie um, but but I I just love that it uh, leaves you like. Ah, why didn't they or uh, you know i just i i i love it i just love that it i i come back to the connection that i felt with these characters that's why i love this so much this movie i i connect with them i feel for them i um i experience what what, what they're going through every time i watch it and really it's one of my favorite things about oceans 11 is I want to hang out with these characters, right? Like, I want to know them. I want to spend time with them. And so I just, oh, man, I freaking love this movie. It's so dang good. Do you think that they would have wanted to hang out with you? I they didn't know. like anyone besides themselves. They didn't even have any other friends, right? That's good true. Point. Yeah, that's true. Um, shoot, I had some other things I wanted. To... Oh, I got a quick story before we end, though, okay? <laughs> so about, um, you know, when this came out, Christmas of 2016, correct, right? It was my third time seeing it. I took my team at Texas A&M, Mary Kate Mahalik, Mary Catherine, excuse me. I hope you're listening to this. We walk out of the movie, and we're, we're talking about it. I, I I was so excited. I actually bought my whole team tickets to go see it with me because I was so freaking excited. And Mary Catherine looks at me. She goes, you know, Alec, you, you kind of look like Emma Stone's husband at the end of the movie. Oh, and I was true. like, Holy smokes. Greatest compliment I've ever heard. I heard it again two weeks later from someone else, from Sam Johnson. He told me the same thing, that I looked like him. Now, fast forward to my second year of dental school. I'm shadowing this this fourth-year student who's pulling pulling this tooth on this, like, 40-year-old lady. 
we finish up and this is pre COVID, you know, we, we finished up the extraction and she's, she's, we're like chit chat. We take our masks off because the procedure's over. Normally we could do that. And she looks at me, she goes, you know, you ever seen the movie, um, an American werewolf of Paris? And I was like, no, I, I definitely haven't. I Nobody ever, has. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard of it. She's like, gosh, you look just like the main character in that. I was like, really? Okay, cool. And so I, I go back and I, and I look it up. The pro- main protagonist in that movie, his name's Tom Everett Scott. He's the same guy who plays the husband of Emma Stone. No Crazy. way. Yes, but it came out back in 1987. He's insane. It's the same dude. He does I look start- like you. you. got the same mouth. Golly. This is crazy. Wild story. Yeah, hair similar, mm-hmm. shape of the what face. What if we miss this? What are we going to tell? We can always catch him back in New York. Uh, great scene. I, I love that. Just uh, just cruising around. He, she's making the decisions. I always, I always thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, great, <laughs> great ending. I think the ending's good. I, I, I admire the way that they, they they went for it and they didn't yep. have them. They could have done the graduate ending, right, where they 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 run off with each other, <laughs> but then they'd have to do like the what the hell are we going to do now, right? Yeah. We just, the awkward bus scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, it's it's such a great, like I said, it's a non-romantic ending. It's a realist ending to a romantic movie. It's it's just great. Um, it really throws you off, which is hard. But I, I want to ask before we finish, though, this is my favorite movie. Y'all have a favorite movie, Nate? Yeah, it's it's this is in my top five. I I, I don't know. It's there's so so much that goes into that. I would say Warrior, I suppose, is is my. Is that your number one, you think? I yeah. think so. And maybe I say that just to be different because it's like, because either that or one of the Lord of the Rings movies, or I've, that, I've seen those the most. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Warrior, uh, I felt I, I felt the most things while watching Warrior, you yeah. know? And this is maybe number two behind that in terms of feels. Spencer? My favorite movie is The Blues Brothers mm. for many reasons. Uh I mean, it's got an all-star cast of famous, influential musicians like Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, and James Brown in it. It's got crazy, insane car chase scenes with hundreds of cop cars getting destroyed. It, like, beat the record for destroyed cars. And this is pre-CGI era. And plus, the cast is made up of SNL people and um, Carrie Fisher from Star Wars. Oh, nice. (laughs) I didn't know that. It's like epic movie yeah. i've never seen blues brothers a lot of people say it's hilarious so i i we should catch that sometime though yeah it's awesome yeah i haven't either i think we're gonna watch it soon together, yes well boys oh, this has been amazing i could talk for hours and hours and hours about this movie but we kept it under an hour and a half which is pretty solid yeah but well, we got a long drive ahead of you you guys <laughs> you uh, podcast listeners thanks for listening folks this fad was brought to you by um by eric dorneman eric dorneman yeah. And his fancy wine. On one end, box. yeah, uh, not on the other end. I'm just I'll drinking water. Send you the other half of the Venmo, Nate. <laughs> I'll send you the other dollar. What's funny is my. Um, so I, I have a I have a house. Uh, my fiance and I bought a house together, actually, but I, I pay the mortgage now, and I pay the bills and everything like that. It's just coming out of my bank account, um, basically a flip of the coin. But um, <laughs> I I like almost ran out of money last week. No, no. And uh, because I, I, I just 
kind of pay for everything. And, and I was like, Emily, I'm almost out of money. And she was like, really? I've never had more. And <laughs> so, so she Venmoed me a bunch of money. So I've never had nice. a bunch of money in my Venmo account, which is great. Yeah. Having a fiance. I, I ain't saying you a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is funny. Uh, well, let's just end it there. That was yeah. great, Spencer. Good way. Sorry. I slapped you so hard. I ain't saying, hear that on the, on I ain't saying he's a gold digger. Good stuff. Well, thanks for joining us, Spencer. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks it. for having me, guys. Yeah, everyone go watch it. It's the freaking greatest movie of all time. If you don't believe me, text me, call me. I'll convince you of it. Nate, Nate I hope you enjoy this uh, non-fall weather in Texas because it's the perfect fall day today. Uh, it's so hot. It's so hot. We're supposed, it's supposed to be down to 80 tomorrow. I can't wait. Oh, good for you guys. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, I had to put a sweater on today. It was nice. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. For you should see Spencer's wardrobe. It's great. Really? Do you dress like an English teacher? I do. He does, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. Corduroy pants, you know, button-ups. You got some new loafers. They look yeah. Great. Uh-huh. That's nice. Uh-huh. You, you need to get some cool glasses, you know? I know. I wish my eyesight would just go away, you know? I wear the blue light glasses so that I could feel like I'm smarter all day while I'm looking at a computer. You know, have you ever seen those? Just the pink glasses. I should get those. Yeah. This is good. Well, on that note, we should have ended when we were on the high. But uh, love you. (laughs) (laughs) This is Hot Guys Cry 2. Later.